tribe and welcome to the Lebu Lion show. If you don't know by now, I'm your host Lebu Lion and this is a podcast where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, marketing, brand building and sometimes pop culture. Now, I know I haven't done an episode on my own for a while and I think it's about time that we connect just you and me and our community. We need to do that. A lot has been happening in South Africa, so I want to talk about it. Before we do that though, I want you to remember that here we have to pay some bills, right? Because we want this community to grow. We want to make money. We want to do all the right things. So I need you to like, share, subscribe, do all the right things that get people to watch this podcast, to invest in the podcast, to talk about the podcast, to do everything. I'm behind you. We're going to do this together. And you can follow me on every single social media platform at Lebolion underscore SA or at the Lebolion show, especially on TikTok because that's where things really go down. Like I'm not even joking. Things go down on TikTok. So let's get into today's topic. I wanted to talk about a couple of things I've been experiencing lately. One of them being the Durban July. And let me tell you something about this Durban July. So I went on TikTok and I said to everybody, guys, I've got a prediction about what Durban July is going to be like. And I'm going to share my experience with you once I've gone to the Durban July. So I went to the Durban July. I didn't know what to expect. It was my, it was my first time going. And on the day I was leaving, I recorded my review of the actual Durban July. And a lot of folks on TikTok were not happy with my review. They said it wasn't great. So I said, okay, clearly on TikTok, people are honest. So I owe them a second take of my review of the Durban July. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're also going to be talking about Gucci Lady failure, money culture, and why my name is Lebolion. I said I would share this. I think today is the right time or the right day to share how I became Lebolion because that is not the name on my ID or passport or anything official. Lebolion does not exist officially, but she might just exist one day officially. So Durban July. Guys, I was excited to go. I've never been to the Durban July. All I know about Durban July is the social media stuff that we see. So the outfits, you know, you hear about the marquees, you see the advertising for the marquees and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, This seems like it's going to be fun. But also, let me put a disclaimer and say, firstly, I know Durban. Okay. I do a lot of business trips in Durban. And I also, I visited Oceans more. And I'm sorry for anybody from Durban who's watching this. I don't mean to be mean about where you come from, but I'm just sharing my honest Joburg opinion about Durban, Durban July, and the things that exist there. The thing about Durban is there's a whole lot of money in Durban, right? Like there are lots of very wealthy people in Durban. So a lot of us in South Africa, we assume that if people have money, they also have taste, I know some tables might be shaking. I'm sorry. I have to put it out there this way. I'm trying to be polite. Um, And what you find in Durban is that there are lots of people with money, but they're not very exposed to a lot of things. So they're kind of just spending their money on excess instead of on things that actually matter or things that are different or things that can enhance their full life experience. So what do I mean by that? I mean, 
you know in Joburg, people who have a lot of money will go to the spa and they will, you know, go to Diamond Walker and then they will do X, Y, Z. In Durban, what I see with the money culture is that a lot of people who have money will go and just buy more alcohol than the average person, more food than the average person. So it's just about excess. It's not necessarily about like, oh, we've got money, let's do quality experiences. And I'm not saying this for everybody, I'm just saying this has been my observation about Durban. And also, I like to call Durban the Texas of South Africa because the culture there is go big or go home, right? So the more money you have, the bigger you go. And if you've been to Ocean's Mall, you'll see that the, 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 the brands that they have in Ocean's Mall at Platinum Walk are Gucci, and Dolce & Gabbana. Dolce & Gabbana is traditionally a very loud brand. For me, it's not my taste. The logo feels like it's just been stuck onto the things and it's like, God, Dolce & Gabbana. I don't see what's so nice about it. I'm so sorry, but I really don't see what's so nice about it. It literally, that logo's on the thing. What's it about? It's saying, look at me, see me. They've got a lot of that. In Durban, they actually have Dolce & Gabbana Platinum Walk, which is the diamond walk of Durban at Ocean's Mall. And then they've also got Gucci, which is also traditionally a very loud brand, right? Nothing wrong with a brand being loud. I'm just saying it's a loud brand, which feeds the Texas style of Durban, where everything is go big or go home, go loud, or you know, or you don't exist. So they've got those, what I also like to call blesser brands, right? So it's Gucci, it's Dolce & Gabbana, and of course, we can never have blesser culture without aeronautica. Guys, all the, the daddy blessers wear those aeronautica t-shirts like it's going out of fashion. It's their thing. And you know what? It's their money. So they must do what they want to do with their money. I'm just putting it out there that that is what's happening. This is the culture. I'm not judging it. I'm saying this is what it is. So I know what to expect when I go to Durban in the sense that it's going to be excess and it's going to be go big or go home. And that's what I told everyone on TikTok. I was like, guys, I think what they're going to do with Durban July is they're going to uh, um, prioritize the alcohol at the tents, the food at the tents, and maybe performances, right? Because I'm sure that's what they think a premium experience is. Then people got upset because they were like, oh, why are you saying this about premium experiences? People are allowed to spend their money on whatever. I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this is what I think Durban July is going to be. So I went. And guys, I look so nice. I think I will even show maybe what I was wearing. I was wearing a David Lale dress. He made me a dress. It was very nice, custom made for me. A design he's never made. So, you know, special, feeling good. I look great. My makeup was on fleek. Like, Sunny did my hair. You know, I literally, like, I went hard for this thing, right? And the people I went with also, custom made by really amazing designers. Nothing you would see in the streets, literally. We were the only ones who looked the way we did. And that's also why so many strangers wanted to take photos with us because we just looked different to what people would wear to Durban July, which was the objective. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, Durban July, I see the fashion. It's supposed to be some type of fashion event as well. So we need to take care of how we're looking. We get to the Durban July on the day. I won't talk about the entire experience now. I'll just talk about the day of the Durban July. We get there. We got one of the tickets. We got one of the most expensive marquees that are there at Durban July on purpose because we wanted to experience the most premium experience you could get for, at Durban July. We wanted to rate it from the best, not from the worst. So we got very expensive tickets and it's all inclusive. You're supposed to be right there by the horses, an open bar for the whole day, food, whatever, whatever. So we got, we got those tickets. We paid for it. We were like, yeah, premium. Even your parking is like very close to your marquee. Wonderful. We got a driver to drop us there. So, you know, it was nice, got out the car, but now you're walking from the 
the car that's supposed to be at this close parking to your marquee and you're walking in mud, guys. Like, all of us were there in heels, walking like, like this. We're walking like this in the mud. And I just thought that was irresponsible. They should have done something about that. Had a red carpet, had something, had pebbles, I don't know. But I feel like that's rule number one of, like, premium experiences. People can't look dirty before they actually get to their marquee. And most of us had mud in our shoes by the time we got to our marquees. So that wasn't great. The whole check-in experience wasn't great for me. I thought that they could have done better. It felt like I was going to the soccer and not to a marquee where I was wearing very expensive clothing, looking, you know, slaying. It didn't make sense to me. A disclaimer that I also have to make is that the reason why I spoke about Durban having the Texas culture and the go big or go home is because for me, that's not a definition of premium or luxury. For me, that's the definition of expensive. You know, like, the more you have, the more you do. Expensive. That's usually people who want to portray expensive do. But premium is more about taste. Premium is more about the finer details. Premium is especially about experience. That is why going to Total Sports will be very different to going to Louis Vuitton. Because when you go to Total Sports, you're not expecting the guy to be waiting for you at the door, you know, helping you find your clothes. You're going to go in. Maybe the things won't even be packed nicely. You're, you're fine with that. You know that that's going to be your experience. And no shade to Total Sports. I'm just making an example of the different kinds of retail experiences. But if you go to Louis Vuitton, I mean, it's a premium experience. So what does that mean? It means that you get to book your appointment before you get to Louis Vuitton. It means that if you've booked your appointment, when you get there, the security guard greets you and wait in a line. Then you have your concierge who helps you uh, f f um, go through the store. They know your name. Hi, Miss Whoever, Mr. Whoever. It's a premium experience. When you get there, they say, would you like to sit down? They give you a glass of champagne. That is a premium experience to me, you know, that because they've, they've taken care of what it actually feels like for me to experience their brand. So once you leave Louis Vuitton for those of you who've never been, you'll actually feel like what, they, what they're selling isn't as expensive as what you thought because the experience is so premium. That's the point of premium. It's not supposed to feel like you spent a lot of money. It's supposed to feel like, whoa, I am a VIP. Whoa, I'm actually getting way more value than I expected and no one else is getting that. That's what premium is supposed to convey. But expensive doesn't convey that because it means anyone can access it if they've got money. But premium is different to that. So when we got there, yeah, the, the check-in experience sucked, but fine, we walked to our marquee, we get there. <sighs> no, it was a disaster. We get there, the decor was weird. It was just weird. So I asked the lady because she gave us ticket um, tags. And I said to her, are you sure this is this lounge? She's like, yeah, there's the branding. I'm like, okay. And I said, let me check my emails to see if maybe you're giving us the right tickets or the wrong tickets. Because I was really shocked by what the marquee looked like. So she's like, okay, cool. So I got my emails. I check and really like that they gave us exactly what we paid for so I'm like okay cool let me go inside maybe there's more than what I'm seeing at face value walk in the tent is like three quarters full there aren't that many tables left but I mean they knew who was coming because we've all bought tickets so there should be enough seating because it's a premium monkey but okay fine so obviously I'm like no I paid a lot of money you guys need to make a, a plan and get us a table so they made a plan and got us a table um 
it was just weird. Like they didn't have all the alcohol that you wanted. They had very uh, few uh, limited selection of alcohol. Um, they had a buffet. The buffet had a long line. All of these things negate premium. For me, if I'm going somewhere and I paid a lot of money, I'm not standing in a line. Not in my heels. Not in my designer dress. Not slaying. You know, uh, they had waiters in the area, but the waiters were just giving us drinks. And it was just a mess. So for me, that was a definite no-no. Like, I just believe that in Durban, they don't know how to do premium. They know how to do expensive and good for them. But I think the Durban July would actually bring in more tourism if they made it a premium experience and focused on the finer details. Another disclaimer I have to make is that everyone goes to the Durban July for different things. This is what I learned when I got there. So some people go because they want proximity to celebrities. They want to say, I was in a marquee with Somizi. And that's, they're happy. They don't care if they're sitting on the floor when they design a dress. They don't care if they're drinking Benini or whatever. As long as they can say, I was in the same marquee as Somizi. They're happy. They feel like it, they got their money's worth. But I'm not that kind of person. Also, I'm a marketer. So I know how to identify things. I know how to create events. So I will be more strict and I'll be harder when I experience things because I have expectations that I I have because of what I paid and what I read on the on the invitation. Uh, so some people were very happy with their Durban July experience because they got to see the celebrities they got to see. But for me, it just felt like I got to a place, like a tent. They have... They, they spent a lot of money on the stage. The stage was really nice. The sound was really nice. Um, but they didn't actually spend money on what do we do in the five hours that we're waiting for the performers to come. We can't sit and eat and drink for an entire five hours. It was really boring. <laughs> a lot of us were really bored. So we ended up mingling with people we don't know just so that we can all make our marquee a vibe because it was really boring, you know? And I, and I can imagine if I was in a tent with lots of celebrities, it would have also sucked anyway because they would have been there acting brand new. It's not like you can socialize with them. So what is the point? So for me, I think Durban July needs to, to invest more in experience than they are investing in the things that tick boxes for expensive because food, drink and performances, you can have that anywhere. I did speak to a Durban local and they said, well, you don't get to see these performances in Durban quite often. So for Durbanites, that thing is big and it's exciting because they're getting artists who almost never come and they're experiencing things they never get to experience. But if Joe Burgers, I mean, on the day we were flying, I flew in on the Friday, the airport was so full, guys. Even the parking was full. They had to organize extra parking. The airport was full. It took 40 minutes to check in your luggage. Like it was that full of Joe Burgers leaving Joburg to go to KZN. So that's big tourism money. Big, big, big. So they can't create Durban July under the perspective or the premise that Durbanites don't get to experience X, Y, Z, therefore we're going to do it because they never get to. No, clearly people outside of Durban are flying into Durban. So you have to incorporate them as well into that experience because I don't think if Durban July was just for Durbanites, it would even matter. I don't think it would sustain that economy if it was only for Durbanites. Another problem with KZN that I think they need to fix if they want to genuinely have luxury experiences in their province is Uber. KZN does not have Uber blacks. Okay? This is the thing. Everybody knows this. I usually, when I'm in KZN, I get driven by a certain car brand, luxury car brand, because they like what I do. So they're always driving me around. But I can just imagine what the experience is like if you're somebody who's used to, you know, nicer things and you have to be there taking like... Toyota Etios everywhere, you know? It's not nice. It's not, I know this sounds very snobby, but think about it, guys. Let's say, let me, let me give, put it in perspective for you. 
the average person who's going to Durban, July, and maybe went to the kind of marquee I went to, is spending minimum 80,000 rands. 80,000. This is minimum. Like flights, accommodation, your clothes. Minimum 80. I'm not talking about after parties. I'm not talking about, I don't know what else, food when you're not at the marquee. I'm saying just for you to go to Durban, it's 80,000 with your designer outfit most of the time. Okay, that's a lot of money. <laughs> 80,000, let's say how many of us came from Joburg? 200 of us. That's a lot of money. And that's not talking about the money that the club owners are making or the restaurateurs are making. You can't sleep. Even if they don't have Uber Blacks, they've got SMG. They're right by the harbor. They've got so many cars. They can make a plan for that weekend to make sure people have premium experiences. So for me, it's unacceptable because there's too much money flowing into the province for them to sleep on small little things that make it better. But now, if we're going to take Oceans Mall as an example of how things are done in KZN, we will understand why they wouldn't have the, the Uber Blacks, for example. So for those of you who've never been to Oceans Mall, it's supposed to be a competitor to Santon, but in KZN. And it's in Mtlanga, right in the heart of Mtlanga. It's wonderful that the, the location is amazing. So you can walk, let's say, at any of the hotels, the Pearls, the Radisson, um, Oyster Box. You can walk from there to Ocean. So it's actually really beautiful. Prime location. The problem with Ocean's Mall, and I know people are going to be so upset with me, but I went there, guys. I'm sorry, I went. Not during Durban July before, because I do a lot of business meetings in Durban. There are, you know those shops where they sell phone covers and they fix your phone and they sell ring lights? There are about, if I counted correctly, five or six at Ocean's Mall. This is supposed to be a luxury or premium mall, right? It's like you imagining Diamond Walk having those shops right there next to Gucci. What, what would your experience of Gucci be now when it's right next door to Checkers? or a shop that's selling phone covers and ring lights, it completely devalues that luxury brand. Now you don't want to buy there anymore. You want to go to Santon because Diamond Walk only has diamonds. So Platinum Walk should only have platinum. You get what I'm saying? Like You can't mix LSMs. You can't mix brands when you're doing luxury. Luxury is all about exclusivity. So because I'm a fan of luxury experiences, I believe that they need to be done right or don't do them at all. And I think Ocean's Mall has a lot of work to do because because they are mixing experiences. So I think Checkers is also on the same level as Gucci. So I think it's Checkers and then two Aeronautica and then there is Gucci. So it's a mess, you know. For me as a marketer, I think it's a no. Um, and Durban July felt like the same thing for me. I, I know other people had different experiences. This is just my experience. So overall, if I just had to judge the day, Durban July, Saturday the 1st, I'd give it a, six, a, five, a 5 or a 6 out of 10. I'd never go back if I was spending my own money. But if a brand was taking me, I know I'd go back because they're paying for everything. So whether it sucks or it's nice, I'm not losing out, essentially. That's the only time I would go back to Durban July or if they change things and I could see from their messaging that actually they've changed things. Otherwise, I wouldn't go back. But if I have to incorporate 
the Friday night and the Sunday and the Monday, because some people go to Durban July for, to groove, like for all the parties. Then it becomes a different experience because Durban is good at doing parties. They're good at Ace of Spades with the girls and the... Like, you know, that, that they're good at. So the parties, I think I would rate it an 8 out of 10 to 9 out of 10. I would fly to Durban July just to go to the parties, but not to the July. It's not worth the money or the time or, in, or the energy and effort. Um, but yeah, that's my Durban July experience. That's why I didn't have so much to say on TikTok. Because like, how do you even say this on TikTok? There isn't much. I didn't even have enough content to show you guys because there wasn't much that was actually happening at the actual Durban July. And at the parties, it's the same thing. You can leave any party, go to another one. It's the Nothing is different. Same looking people, wearing same looking clothes, drinking the same thing. It's all the same. So there honestly isn't much to show. And I think that goes to show that they really need to start investing in experienced experts in Durban so that they can make the most money that they can out of the experiences that they offer. That's my take on Durban July. I'm so sorry. I know there are people in KZN who watch this and I know you guys have supported me and I love you all for that. But I have to be honest. I wouldn't be able to lie if I wasn't honest. So that is my experience of Durban July. And I think that's also why that Gucci Day trended Gucci ki Gucci lady ne? yeah so Jacob was showing me today he says there's a lady her name is Gucci lady uh, I'd never heard of her to be honest because I'm just not on Twitter like that um, but he showed me some videos of Gucci lady and basically it was this lady who was wearing Gucci and she was at some party during Durban July and she had stacks like guys stacks like stacks of money and she was just throwing them at my police she was making it rain, like she was making it rain. And it did, honestly, it didn't look that tacky. It was very funny. Um, uh, Miss Gucci Lady. So for me, people like Gucci Lady are the epitome of this money culture that I think was starting to develop in South Africa, right? I don't have an issue with it. I love money. I love luxury. I like expensive things. And those are all different things, by the way. So I like expensive things, but I also really love luxury. And I like premium experiences. Because if you work hard, you must also play hard. So I don't have issues with people doing whatever they want with their money. However, I do think that this culture is a preamble to the wastage that we have in South Africa as a whole, as a culture, because of corruption. So what you're finding is there's a whole lot of content that's starting to become super viral online, and it's showing lifestyles that not even 10% of South Africans can truly access, right? But it's being shown as if that is the norm. And I think that's where my problem lies, where they're making it seem like having a BBL is the norm. <laughs> Wearing Gucci every day is the norm. It's actually not, because the average South African is making, how much are they getting from that grant? 350 rand, 300, 350. I've seen those lines. Most South Africans are not even earning 10,000 rands, you know, but then you're getting young, young people, 22, 23, they're buying Gucci bags every other day. They're in Diamond Walk. They're eating at Tasha's every single day. Like, it's a mess, you know, because where do we draw the line and what kind of animosity does it breed in our culture and between us as people that there's such a big gap between what is really real and what we're seeing online? I'm also finding that brands, and I'm holding brands accountable here, they will literally go and fund and, and sponsor the people who are showing us lives that are not normal South African lives. You know, and I'm saying this as somebody who thinks 
I, I personally don't think I live a normal or average South African life. You know, things like having a dog and all these things. I know it's not the average person's, you know, having a birthday party for your dog. I know those kinds of things are not like normal, average South African person life. I've seen it on TikTok. People complain about that. So if we're going to be mad that people are out here having parties for their dogs, how are we not mad that we're watching people just like blowing money and living lifestyles that don't make any sense? How come we don't say that's not relatable? But we mad at people who are doing small things. Like, and I saw this on TikTok. Mac G had, uh, was talking about Tando Tabete's reality show. And he was saying it's a terrible show because it's unrelatable because she had a, a party for her dog. I'm like, I've had parties for my dog. He's my child. <laughs> like, I, for me, that's relatable. It's completely normal to me. You know, and he was saying, no, the average South African doesn't do that. But on the, on the flip side, they'll, they'll interview people who are wearing Gucci head to toe and it's normal. And they're not saying that's not the average South African's life. Why is there such a big, you know, difference in that, the conversations between that? Are we mad at people who actually live lives that they can afford, that are where they have money? Do we just want people to display success in ways that make sense because we only watch video, music videos? What is it? I feel that this money culture is breeding a whole lot of ignorance because it's not about how do you make money, it's about how do you spend your money. And we don't need any more consumers in South Africa. Like, we need to start having a culture of being producers, not just consumers. Jacob, you look like you want to say something. No, Are you sure? Yeah. Anybody think, else want to say something? Uh, no, so I just wanted to say that I think, and like, as you say, like they, we like to... Uh, <clears throat> Like as you were saying that when you when someone is throwing a party at their dog, like yeah. then it's like something that's bizarre. Yeah. But when you bizarre, see people like snob. that, like then we give a lot of people who do things like you know they have Gucci throwing head money, to toe, they're throwing Gucci money, head to toe. and like then <laughs> that's <laughs> normal. Yeah. But you like but as you said, like an average South Africa gets paid three hundred and fifty. Yes. And before they even get home, that around 50, like, it's, it's gone. It's gone. And it's probably going to last them two days. Yes. But, like, for real issues where people actually have real issues, do things that are relatable to other people. Yes. They don't pay mind attention to it. And then even the people who actually do all those money things, then they draw attention to themselves. And then when the hawks or whoever is on them, then it's like people are jealous. But yes. How, how are we jealous when... How are we jealous? Because you now, with yeah, money. You, 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 you brought yourself that attention. You bought yourself that Yeah, attention. so now people are watching. Now you're thinking, Aish, but people are jealous. People don't want to see us have money. Yeah. But no. We, we have a, I call it a money culture. I just think it's a show us how much money you have culture. Instead of people actually saying, we would love to be exposed to the different lifestyles that you can be afforded when you have money. Which is different because people who have a bit of money will throw parties for their dogs. <laughs> you know, they will go to Cape Town regularly or whatever people do, you know. And that's when people criticize you in South Africa. Oh, you're such a snob. You're such a this. You're so privileged. But you, you can say, guys, yo, I'm also poor, but you're wearing Gucci head to toe. And everybody goes, yeah, yeah, this one relates to us. I'm just like, how does this make sense in our country that we're okay with this? And I think... It's also creating a lifestyle creep where a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, students and whatever are willing to forfeit their dreams and building what they built so that they can actually show up online and wherever to people to show them what they have. You know, so that's why you're finding all these 22-year-old babies, 21, 22, they're there dating men who are like 60 because they want to be able to show you a Gucci bag on their Instagram. You know, I mean, I've bought some of these things. I can tell you now, it's it's not, you don't need it at 21. <laughs> 
You don't need it at 21. It's nice when you're older. I'm over 30. I think I can buy these things and feel okay. But in my 20s, Gucci, all these, they never crossed my mind because I was just trying to build. <laughs> so all I cared about was, do I have clothes that fit? Do they look decent? Okay, I'm good. A bag from Mr. Price, a bag from anywhere. We move, you know? How many young people are actually building their dreams, like real dreams that make them independent, if they're spending more time worried about this money culture, this Gucci culture, this blesser culture? On both sides, men and women, I'm not just saying girls, because the boys are impacted too. The boys are also there seeking sugar mamas. The boys are also there trying to be strange because now they also feel like, oh, but we're victims because these older men are taking our young girls. Who do we date? Blah, blah, blah. So it's a mess. I just think the money culture is creating the wrong attitudes amongst all of us, whether we're young or old. We're all suffering because of this thing. Have nice things. Spend your money how you want. But I think also be responsible because building our country is all of our responsibility, not just the people who talk about it. You know, it's not labels responsibility. It's all of us. Because when you've got a Rolex and people are following you home, because they can see that you've got money, then you cry crime, right? You're crying now. You are on Instagram, you are there doing money now, people are at your door. And this happens on a daily basis, guys. People don't even wear or use their fancy things because they're afraid that they become easy targets because you stand out, right? So how do we create a society where if you've got money, you can eat it comfortably without worrying about being a target to crime? And if you don't have that much money, you can still have a dignified life. I don't think we're ready in this country to have that kind of wasteful money culture that we see happening. This, it's like a rap music video. South Africa is not a rap music video, but it's becoming one. And I think that's a big shame that that's where we're headed as a country because it's not necessary. Yeah? Five more minutes. Jacob says I have five minutes, you Okay, so I was going to tell you why I, I called myself Label Lion because I thought maybe now it's time. But since we don't have that much time, I don't know if I should go into that story. Oh, he's saying, no, Jacob is denying you. It's not me, it's Jacob. <laughs> so <laughs> please don't blame me if, you know, I never say the story. It's Jacob's fault that we're not having this conversation. I it's think a story last, for another day. Uh, it's a story for another day. Okay, you heard him. So I think the last thing that I'd like to end this Durban July conversation about, and I think it's actually a little bit of a lesson on experiential marketing and, and luxury experiences, is the conversation about failure. And I think it's important to have it just because we spoke about the money culture and the way it can influence how we think and how we move and how we see our dreams and our goals. You know, our previous guest, who's the founder of a sneaker brand, he spoke so well about the fact that if you really feel like you're called to do something, right, you, failure is just you gathering lessons and tools in your arsenal so that you can actually be more prepared for what you're actually called to do. And I keep getting so many DMs from entrepreneurs who say, you know, I failed and I feel like I can't keep moving. I'm so embarrassed. I don't have any more money. Things aren't working out. What am I going to do? And I say to a lot of them, I'm like, are you embarrassed that you failed because you don't want to fail? Or are you embarrassed because you think people are going to think something of you? Too many of us experience pain we don't have to experience because we are measuring ourselves against what other people want us to be and not who we're trying to be for ourselves. 
And if you're going to live that way, you're going to suffer in life because people don't know what your calling is. So how can they tell you who you're meant to be? How can they tell you what your level is supposed to be? They don't know your level. Never, ever let somebody tell you what your level should be or what it is. Never let the, anyone who has the audacity to say, oh, you're not where you need to be. That person is jealous. I'm telling you now, they see you and they're like, ah, this small boy is going to become something. Let me just stop them now. Let me just stop them now by telling them something negative. I swear to you, I see this happen quite often. I've met people in my industry who are 20, 30 years older than me who tell me I've done nothing when I've done so much. And I know they're doing it because they're intimidated. Scared people try to scare people. <laughs> so never ever listen to people who try to tell you what your level should be. How would they know they are not God? You know what your level is supposed to be. You know where you are. You know why it matters. And keep on grinding because you know where you're trying to go, even if you're the only person who knows. Never let your experiences of life be determined by other people. And I know that when we say these things, it sounds like the same old motivational mumbo jumbo that you hear online. I used to roll my eyes every time I hear people say this. But you know what changed my perspective? Actually having the experience. Once you experience something, you realize, oh, this information is ubiquitous because it's real. Because once you actually experience something, you realize, ah, everybody else who walked that journey experienced exactly the same thing as me. So when they give me advice, it's going to be similar because we experience similar things. No one who's successful, in my opinion, ever really listened to other people tell them where they need to be or who they need to become. They listened to their own instinct and they made a, a decision based on that. So never allow your failures to be determined by what other people think of you. Let your failure be you not meeting your standards for yourself. And don't let your failure be something that paralyzes you because I think that's how so many people lose. They, they stop once they fail once. I think I failed like 50 times. <laughs> and I think that I might be... Under, uh, I might not even be honest about that. It might be more than 50 times. I fail, I fail every other day. I make a lot of strange mistakes that I shouldn't be making at this point of my life, but I still make them. So people don't want to tell you that because we all want to PR ourselves and be like, yeah, children, go to school. I want to tell the youth. I don't want to tell the youth anything. Like, you guys can watch my journey, you cannot. It really doesn't matter. I'm not living for other people. I'm living for myself. So I don't mind actually being honest about this is my experience. I'm not great at this. I'm good at this. I'm struggling with this, and it's okay. The more you become okay with just being you and literally doing what you feel. Trust me, you, you won't even hear people talk about you. You won't even notice the stares. It just doesn't matter. Guys, I wish I had more time because I really did want to tell you about why my name is Lebo Lion and I think it ties in so nicely to the conversation we're having today. But I'll leave it here. My Durbanites, please don't hate me. I love you guys. I'm always there. I support your economy, you know, a lot. So please have grace on me. I'm just sharing my true experience of... Um, of Durban and shout out to the company that keeps me safe and drives me around in Durban. You guys make me look good. I'm safe. I'm comfortable. I feel like a queen. So thank you. You know who you are because I know you watch this podcast every single week. Until next time, guys, don't forget to follow me on all the social media platforms at labelline underscore SA or at the label Lion Show on every single platform, especially TikTok because a lot is about to go down there and a lot goes down there already. Uh, and I'm going to be hosting masterclasses and events, and all these cool things. So please follow us on those social media platforms so you can find out more. And we'll connect on the next episode. I think we're interviewing somebody as well. Lots of cool people, great life experiences. So I can't wait for you guys 
to experience them. And I'll see you soon. Don't forget, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Toodles. Yeah. Yeah. Never lying with the podcast, teach you lesson cause I got class. Never lying with the impact, you be lying that's a real fact, come let me teach you a lesson.